The No Holding Back podcast featuring MPs, Ian Lavery, member for Wandsbeck. You know what, what breaks me heart, Laura, honestly? You know, first of all, I've got to say, like, in the chamber now, when you look at the MPs, I've been on strike probably more days than the entire 649 other MPs in aggregate. And I make no apologies for that. John Trickett, member for Hemsworth. Well, I'm boiling. I'm boiling with anger. 14 million people in our country hungry in poverty. It's an absolute disgrace. How can we be in one of the richest countries in the world and still have that level of poverty? I'll tell you why. Tories. The Tories are responsible. And former crew MP Laura Smith. And that stigma that people who are claiming benefit aren't necessarily in work. The fact is that work does not pay. And I think it is utterly disgraceful that it is being portrayed that we cannot trust parents to yeah. go out and spend their £30 themselves. They'll discuss the issues of working class communities, celebrating the culture, the solidarity, the divides, and how the working class vote can be won back for Labour. Join the three for this weekly podcast for passionate and heartfelt discussion. and welcome to episode seven of the no holding back podcast thank you so much for joining us make sure i always remind you that you are following us on twitter and on facebook and on our website which is noholdingback.org we are seeing more people signing up which is great please please share because it's important that as many people as possible hear what we're discussing so that we can get more people politically involved and also joining their trade union. And I am so pleased today because this whole episode is about being in a trade union. But more importantly than that, it's about winning in a trade union. And I am over the moon to not only be joined by my dear comrades, Ian Lavery and John Trickett. How are we, chaps? Very nice. Very nice. Um, Great, great to be on a podcast where we're going to talk about positivity and the benefits of being in a great trade union. Isn't it? It makes like a really good change that we've got something positive to talk about. And we're recording this just so everybody knows at the end of a busy day. We're joined by the Assistant General Secretary of Unite, Steve Turner, and also Ross Quinn, Regional Officer in the Northwest. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for making the time. Are you both okay? Yeah, fine, thanks. Great. Good. And the reason that we're so happy that both, I mean, we would be happy anyway with both of you joining us, but this is to celebrate a really big win. And that is the win that has taken place at Barn Oldswick with the Rolls-Royce dispute that has been going ongoing. And we're going to be talking about that in a bit more detail. But first of all, Mr. John Trickett, at random, I have picked you out today to Thank do you. our weekly rage. I hope you're excited by that. I think you are, because when I tell you the topic, yeah. I, I know that you will have plenty to say, but you have to remember that you only have one minute to rant. And when your minute's up, you hear this. Can you hear that? It seems no. a bit quiet. No. You can't. Right. No, I'm just um, keep on talking. I'm just going to keep on talking. <laughs> don't, don't make me make the noise. That would be incredibly embarrassing. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do the claps in, and that's when you need to wind up. So the topic that you have today, John Trickett, is food parcels. 
So your minute is going to start right now. Well, I'm boiling. I'm boiling with anger. 14 million people in our country hungry in poverty. It's an absolute disgrace. How can we be in one of the richest countries in the world and still have that level of poverty? I'll tell you why. Tories. The Tories are responsible. And then, I don't know if everybody's watched, they will have done the photograph of what they're giving to people to eat to last several days. I mean, it's a scandal. Why have the Tories done it? They've done it to give money to their mates to, on top of the £12 billion they've already privatised in the you know, chase of the virus. But look, what did they do? They were giving vouchers straight to the mums and dads to feed the kids. That was the obvious thing to do, but it wasn't for the Tories, were it? They wanted to give it to somebody who'd make a profit, a cut-off. So in the end, you get £30 worth of food and it ends up as £5 worth. We were in Tesco's, we costed it out. It's an absolute disgrace. Why do you need a middle person, a company raking off profits? It's an utter disgrace. I'm not accepting it. We're going to go on and fight this until we beat it. You want to give me 40 seconds there. I demand another 20 seconds. (laughs) I actually let you go over by about five seconds, John. I was feeling remarkably kind today. I was feeling so so kind. And now, Laura, 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 listen, you know what Joan's just said? We're living living desperate times. Um, You know, the the minister apparently has spoke to this chart wheel group and they've, they've said they're really sorry. I bet they're bloody are. These people, it's not, it, it, they shouldn't be apologising. They should be took to court for stealing food from our kids' mouths. Definitely. And it's just um, not acceptable. Never mind apologising and, no. and continuing. They should be took to court. It's an absolute bloody disgrace. One of the things that's really wound me up about it, and I've spoken about this before, the fact that I have been in receipt of benefits before as a single parent. I've, I have gone through that where I've not been able to, I've, I've gone without food myself in order to make sure that my children have, have had something in their bellies. And what really winds me up, and that happened to me when I was working, by the way, I was working as a primary school teacher, not full time at that point because of, of the age of my children, but it was, uh, yeah, I, I was working. And that stigma that people who are claiming benefits aren't necessarily in work. The fact is that work does not pay. And I think it is utterly disgraceful that it is being portrayed that we cannot trust parents to yeah. go out and spend their £30 themselves. How yeah. dare they? How, how dare they? Most people, most parents are doing everything they bloody can to support their kids. And By the way, you've had more than a minute. You've had more than a minute on my rant. <laughs> it's, 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 it's called chairs privilege, John Trickett. That's right. Um, but I'm gonna, it's about I'm, time we started doing something about the corporate welfare that allowed yeah, to get away absolutely. with it. Nobody talks about that. Subsidy yeah. low yeah. pay and abuse and exploitation at work for ordinary yeah. taxpayers' taxes. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. I think that's a whole whole other podcast that we can do, I think. So we're going to keep focus. We're going to try and keep focus because we have something incredible to celebrate today. And that is the power of the trade union and the power of Unite the Trade Union. I'm so proud to be a member of Unite and to have been able to work with the guys who are on the call today. And we've all kind of worked with you regarding this dispute. Ross Quinn, what an absolute legend. And I don't say that lightly. 
you have worked your socks off for however long working with these guys. And I know you'll say straight away that it's not just you, but I think credit where credit is due, you have been phenomenal in this. When you phoned me last Friday and told me the news, I am not ashamed to say that I shed a tear because, my God, if there's somebody who deserved that win, it was you and the guys up at um, Barn Oldswick. So do you want to kind of just explain for those who haven't kept up with the dispute what it is that, that we're talking about, basically? Yeah, thanks very much. And for me, it's the power of the collective. You're absolutely right. It is what the workers, the community in there that delivered and people like myself and Steve being able to be involved in the negotiations and get this result is brilliant. But it goes back to the beginning of the pandemic, obviously Rolls-Royce with the way that they structured their business had massive challenges because no planes were flying. And right across the country, our members and led by our reps and conveners took sacrifices to help the business reduce pay, and there was a number of proposed redundancies. And at Barn Aldwick, there was about 200 potential job losses. And um, because they're in a good, well-organised workplace, there was obviously good terms and conditions. And 170 people actually volunteered to take redundancy. But the company come back and said that they still believed they needed to shed 50 jobs. And again, because of, you know, we are in a pandemic, the company was in genuine trouble. The reps were ha happy to try and work with them, but they got to a point where there was no one left to volunteer and they drew a line around compulsory redundancies. So they went back to our members and said that they wanted to propose to the company a shorter working week, where again, they as the members would take more sacrifice, but the reward out of that was that they'd save these extra 50 jobs. And I'm proud of the fact that our reps and members delivered that. And this is where the breakdown happened because when they went back to the business and started to try and negotiate this and said they would take the cost of that, the company dragged out the no negotiations slightly and then publicly announced that they were going to offshore a fair of 350 jobs to Singapore. So for us, that was a complete betrayal. And our members, who actually nine years ago went out to Singapore trained up people and helped set up the facility and got guarantees off Rolls-Royce that that site would never be in competition with Barn Oldswick. So at that point, it all started to break down. And obviously, we provided more support for our reps and members. And when we went up and met them and started to really get into the history of the site for people who, who aren't aware, it is the birthplace of the jet engine. It was vital in defeating fascism in the Second World War because these jet engines went in the Spitfires and you really got that sense of a community that is a workplace and the yeah. town was built around that site. So when we met all of the members in the mass meetings to see if they wanted to go down the road of an industrial action ballot by the consultative ballot, we basically said to them that, you know, the convener that we've got on site is fantastic. The reps are fantastic. And Unite will do everything as a region to support them. But given what we're up against, we need them that day to make a decision that they were going to do whatever it takes. And that includes looking at the community, their friends and family, and seeing what everybody could bring to this dispute to make sure that we won. Because where we were up against was basically, once those jobs have won, 
we felt the site was going to close and it would be absolutely devastating. And all of the uh, meetings that we had, the ballot result was unanimous. They took inspiration from workers at Camel Aids two years ago. We were in a very similar situation. And I explained the story there, how they took targeted strike action and they actually won and stopped hundreds of job losses. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, as I say, the campaign has just continued to grow. The community got on board. The whole community is full of banners, of posters. And then when the industrial action actually started the solidarity literally from right across the world has just been completely overwhelming and the determination of the members every single day in the freezing cold just continuing to fight continuing to get more and more publicity yeah i mean if i just come in there ross quickly seeing kind of the footage of you guys you've been out in all weathers the worst time really in not only during a pandemic but also in winter with the snow and the rain and and everything else and i think one of the things that really hit me and i've been lucky enough to meet other people who have been involved in this is the fact that the whole community just got behind you so much where i'm from I mean, now it's Bentley, but we always remember uh, Royce's where, you know, so many people, we all know people who work there. That factory is so key to where I'm from, Rolls-Royce. And I think just that community feel and how everybody came up and there were people bringing you soup and all sorts, weren't there? Yeah, absolutely. And, And on the picket line, something that a lot of our members said to me was the fact that when we talked about the dispute at Camel Aids, they restarted their apprenticeship programme and they've had two years of apprentices and people got that connection that they yeah. weren't just fighting for themselves. They were fighting for another generation. A lot yeah. of them have got excellent terms and conditions, the good union negotiated terms and conditions, and they wanted to protect that for yeah. another generation because they inherited it from the Absolutely. people who came before them. So go on, Ross, tell us what the what the result has been, because it's so amazing to hear. I don't think you can probably believe it yet. No, no, it's, it, it is absolutely fantastic. We got wind, you know, over the last few weeks that the company genuinely wanted to find the resolution. And this is where, to be honest, Steve came in. And as much of an unbelievable job as the members have done, Steve has come in and, and done exactly the same from a national point of view, because... What we've agreed, and it's gone to our members today, that was overwhelmingly supported, and there was real, real emotion from members and reps by what they've achieved, is a so a site that we know was basically done, finished, the community devastated. 10 years guaranteed viable manufacturing for the site. Two years, no compulsory redundancies. They're going to set up a training school that's linked to kind of change and all the technology to do with that that's going to deliver genuine jobs and genuine work within that factory so they can transition to look at everything from zero carbon emissions, jet zero, SMRs, and it just feels like they were... I've been on on the downslope of a hill for such a long time and the potential that could come out of this deal with the transition to this new work and new technology, it's just given the whole site and the whole area a real boost and an opportunity. It's it's fantastic. It's just, I mean, it's absolutely incredible news. And now 
more than ever, it's important that we make sure that government don't basically get their mitts on this. It has to be what delivers for, for that community, for those workers. And I'm going to bring you in in a second, John, just to kind of talk a little bit more about the importance of politicians with regards to industrial disputes because politicians get a hard time and a lot of them rightly so but we have two very good ones on this call and they have played their part without a doubt in making sure that this is highlighted as have others and I've been able to work quite closely with with a number of people who have been showing the solidarity and they can in the way that they can and putting that pressure on but we have to make sure John that the Tories don't get their mitts on this because let's be under no illusion that if that pressure hadn't come from Unite and this organised action, then they would have waved goodbye to it, wouldn't they? Yeah, no, I think, look, I mean, from my point of view, the job of a Labour MP, a socialist MP, is to back workers when they're in struggle, when they're under attack from the management, as they often are in this day and age. It's our job, quite simply, to support them, give moral, intellectual, even economic support if we need, we had a picket line, a virtual picket line. I think there were, I forget how many, nearly 30 MPs alongside the pickets and, um, you know, our friends here tonight from Unite who are officials, but the workforce as well. As you know, it's once in a flood you get a parliamentary question to the Prime Minister. I had one, and I was already with a really good, really good devastating question. I was about to destroy Boris. And then uh, Unite the Union political people rang me up and said, well... You know, it's 10 o'clock, your question's at 12. We want you to ask one about, about Van Oldswick. <laughs> and I gulped, I gulped because we'd spent a morning preparing this question. But I said, yeah, straight away. And I called late in the questions. I asked, I put the Prime Minister on the spot, even though I said I'm a modest fellow, but I did put him on the spot. He didn't know what, he didn't know where to look, didn't Boris. And so, uh, and hopefully people saw it there. They saw that there was solidarity from some of us in the House of Commons. They mm -hmm. saw us on the picket line. We raised it day after day, uh, really, uh, those of us who were interested in this stuff in Parliament. So I think all of that, you know, it's really, really important. But there's something else which politicians can do, I think, which is to challenge the whole bloody rotten system that the Tories have put in place. Exactly. Now, you can do it one by one in each workplace when the struggle comes to your workplace. But there's a bigger picture. It's not just about banals with this. Though personally, I celebrate, and it's a fabulous achievement in a difficult time. Last week, it was the teachers' union who took on the the Tories. It wasn't uh, the same kind of thing as the front line that the banals workers took on. So there's a system which is putting pressure on working class people, workers generally. And uh, you know, we might talk about hire and fire and rehire and all this stuff. It's our job to point out there's a bigger picture here. And it's only when workers come together with the, inside the Labour movement through the union and through our party that we can challenge this whole rotten system. That is what we have to do and make sure our leadership does the same. Definitely. And John, you were amazing on that PMQ. And it's uh, I obviously had nothing to do with pushing that. <laughs> oh, you devil. <laughs> um, Ian, I have to come to you because obviously... Well, I don't have to come to you. I want to come to you because you are my veteran striker on this on this call. And you have been there and you have done it and you have seen it. And I've seen the footage of you and I've heard so many things about what you went through. 
in your role. I was wondering, this must actually be quite emotional for you, Ian, to hear, because it's not often that the unions get such a hard time. Uh, It's become so much harder for workers over the last 20, 30 years. You must feel quite emotional listening to this, I would imagine. I always like to stick by people in dispute. I think it's really, really important. I mean, the best year of my life, Laura, was the 1984-85 dispute, minus dispute. I was on strike with me friends, me colleagues, the people who I lived with, the people who I worked with, me family. And there were devastating times, by the way. And I, you know, I could speak for hours and hours on that. But um, I had the best year of my life. And it's great to see the trade unions in this day and age, you know, we, we've had the, the legislation, the 80 Act, the 82 Act, the 84 Trade Union Act, 88, 89, 90, 93, 96, right up to the anti-trade union legislation in 2006, the anti well, the Trade Union Act 2006. And it makes it really difficult. And what we did many years ago was completely different to, to what the unions have they've actually got to try and adhere to. But you know what? I'll stand by the fact that if you want to withdraw your labour, you should be able to withdraw your labour. If you've got a problem with your employer, if the employer doesn't stick by his side of the bargain, you should have your right. Never mind what the Trade Union Act says. Never mind what the government says. You should have the right to say, I'm not using my labour to benefit you unless we cut to some sort of agreement. Now, that's not Marxist, Leninist, crazy left-wing ideology. It's basic human rights. You know what what breaks me heart, Laura, honestly? You know, first of all, I've got to say, like, in the chamber now, when you look at the the MPs, 650 MPs, I've been on strike probably more days than the entire 649 other MPs in aggregate. And I make no apologies for that. As I said, it was the best year of my life. But when I saw Ross and, and his comrades on this virtual picket line, it, 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 that could have like that could have brought me heart, you know. Really, I'm not joking because it takes you back to what you had to put up with uh, all those years ago, and subsequently uh, disputes after that. And this Labour MP, as John says, I come off that car thinking, "Hey, they are a good bunch of lads." But what can I do to help? And you know what? Apart from boost the troops. Apart from screaming the commons or, or on, on computers, you know, on, on, on Zoom calls, on, on the virtual parliament, there's not much I could do. I was screaming, I would have loved to went to the picket line. I would have loved to be there, you know, helping them and speaking and cheering them on. And, but but we, we, I couldn't do anything. And it was really heartbreaking because, you know, one of the most important things about the strike, whether it's a strike of 20 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people, is the troops need the confidence to mm. continue to fight against these injustices. Yeah. And, and to give them that confidence and that boost is very, very, very important. And that's the job of the union, you know. I mean, mm. the, 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 the members are the union. There's no doubt about that. But it's up to the, the union structures, the officials. Uh, it's really important that they ensure that everybody... It's up for it because, you know, what you see, when you get a strike, very few people want to get on strike. When mm. you get a strike, they're always asking, when is it going to end? Uh, how much are we going to lose? Do you think we're going to win? And, and it's, it's crucial that you've got great trade union representation 
solid people, male, female, all colours representing the people in the workplace. You've got to build up that effective spirit on the, the in the workplace, within the union, within the family, uh, so everybody is absolutely confident. Because one thing with strikes, the roller coasters for different people. You wake mm. up in the morning, and you know, are, are you going to have enough? food for the table in the coming weeks? Are you going to lose your job? Are you going to lose what they say they're going to take from you? Yeah. Uh, and it's a roller coaster ride. You get to the picket line and you get boosted by the lads and the, the lasses having a being on the picket line, supporting each other. Then you come back. Very difficult for some people getting back into the family, looking at the kids and thinking, heaven's sake, what's going to happen? So mm. The unions are so important and to get this fantastic victory was absolutely brilliant. And yeah. I mean, I've got to say... The, you know, the, the issues with Farnell's Week were um, with Rolls-Royce were absolutely atrocious, by the way. And Rolls-Royce, uh, you know, like a household name to be treating individuals uh, mm -hmm. like they were is, is absolutely shameful. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to kind of bring in on that, Ross, this solidarity. And I, I know how frustrated people were that they couldn't they couldn't come and support in person with the, the situation that we currently have. But how important was that solidarity? Because we had that breakfast briefing and it was it went really well. We were able to get a lot of people in Parliament um, tuning into that. But the important thing about that, actually, it wasn't how many members of parliament sort of joined it even it was making sure that they took that action that they heard it from you guys and and then they they went and did what they could and i actually think it worked very well how was the solidarity uh, for you ross you said that you felt it and found it from all over the world could you just tell us a tiny bit more about that yeah it was it was fantastic and obviously because people couldn't um, visit the picket line we had to be imaginative and think of different ways to show that members that they were getting this support so social media was really important that virtual picket we also had a number of messages from mps john mcdonald sent one early on and we projected them onto the front of the building uh, about by the picket line so all of those things should keep you had message. the car strike uh, the car rally too car didn't rally, you a, a, yeah a car rally so obviously there was um, no impact on COVID. So yeah, that was all about keeping people motivated and giving them the strength to understand that what they were doing was inspiring other people, was making a difference. And it was 40 days they were out on strike for rather, you know, through winter over Christmas into the new year. So yeah. it, was, it, it was unbelievable effort and needed that support. Definitely. Steve, you must be just proud as punch most of you. Um, you are United General Secretary for Manufacturing. Ross has kind of spoken about the role that you played in this on a national level. I'm just, as I say, you just must be so proud um, seeing kind of the result that's happened. And I wondered if you could just explain a bit how how you build up this pressure, how this pressure built up so that ultimately it ended up being successful. And I think what's really key about this and why it's so important to celebrate it is this is one of many disputes that sadly we are going to be seeing. Why was it so important that we had this win, Steve? Yeah, thanks, Laura. Look, can I just start listening in to other colleagues on this podcast? A huge thanks 
to all of you for everything that you've done politically to support this dispute, turning up on those virtual pickets, arriving yeah. actually, many actually arrived in person, spoke to pickets, socially yeah. distanced with a mask, of course, but showing real determined solidarity, practical solidarity on the ground, mm. which inspired and gave confidence <laughs> to working people to continue with that fight. And that's what's yeah. really important. And that's why I take my hat off to Ross, to Mark Porter as our convener, to every one of our stewards, to all of our members that spent not just the last nine weeks, but years, years building a union that they could be proud of, that motivated them, that inspired them, that gave them the confidence. When the time came to stood up and have a fight, they stood up and they had a fight. And they were confident that their union was with them, standing shoulder to shoulder every second of every hour of every day that they were on that picket. And it wasn't just that we were there, physically there, supporting them and motivating them. It's that they knew behind the scenes that we would leave no stone unturned in finding the solution that everybody was desperate to find. And yeah. of course, that wasn't necessarily about keeping the fan blade in Barnoldswick that Rolls-Royce were going to export off to Singapore. Our jobs, our work, this wasn't about COVID. This was mm. our work that Rolls-Royce, yeah. a global manufacturer, we shouldn't underestimate, the power mm. of this business, this is a global operator and the pressure that they put our members under, they put them into lockout just before Christmas. They put them onto furlough. They only paid okay. them 80% of their pay. They tried to intimidate and threaten them. For six weeks, they refused to even sit down and negotiate the potential for a dispute settlement with them. And yet they stayed out on that picket, impacting the business elsewhere because what comes out of Barnoldswick arrives or when we're on strike, doesn't arrive in another plant somewhere else that relies on it. So very soon you see an impact. You have, if, if you retain your confidence, if you understand your power, and sometimes that's difficult when you're mm -hmm. in a big plant, you know, understanding the power that you, that you have as five or 600 workers in a big multinational business is sometimes daunting, but that's mm -hmm. our job to convince yeah. our members that if they stand together and they're solid and they've Absolutely. got their community behind them and they're standing with confidence in this dispute that we can win this dispute. And that ultimately is without doubt, without doubt, what won this dispute. We shouldn't be under any illusions about that, but mm. what goes with it is the vision on the part of their union to find the next generation of work to come into that plant that will create that secure future, not just for the next 10 years that we've got guaranteed under this agreement, but for the next 30, 40 and 50 years. And mm. that's where our knowledge, our understanding, our drive for that industrial strategy that the Tories wouldn't recognize if it walked down the street and punched them in the face. <laughs> the industrial strategy that we need yeah. to transition our economy to meet the challenges of the climate emergency, Brexit and new trade relationships with the world, and also coming through and recovering and rebuilding from COVID, of course, the need to build that new economy, that green economy, to mm -hmm. green and clean our towns and our cities, to clean our air, to clean our seas and our skies. Well, it's the engineers, the expertise that we hold yeah. in Rolls-Royce that are going to create the products that are going yeah. to enable us to do that. And that's where this fight in the discussions with Rolls-Royce was won. That mm. alternate business plan that says mm. that Rolls-Royce may not be manufacturing the fan blades that are going to go to Singapore, but we're going to be manufacturing those world-leading exporting products that will fund mm. our economy to pay for our public services, our NHS, yeah. provide decent care for people that need it, 
fund the education of our kids and everything else. It's that product that's going to transition or help us to transition our planet, to save our planet in the climate emergency. And that's what's so important about this deal. It's not yeah. just about the win today, the 10 years guaranteed manufacturing, the no compulsory redundancies for two years, the 350 job guarantee at the end of those two years, by the way. You know, it's about yeah. making sure that that product, that's our opportunity here, making mm. sure that product comes into Barnold's Whip, that we're manufacturing and engineering the products that will transition our economy into the future. Green energy, jet zero, creating the turbines that will power those ships that circumnavigate the globe. Some of the biggest polluters are at sea, of course. And we're going to transition from diesel engines to new forms of energy generation at sea. And Rolls-Royce are going to be at the forefront of that because of the pressure we've put them under to yeah. diversify and pick up on their own responsibilities to do that. That wouldn't have just happened. Nothing no. happens in life. You have to no. fight for it. And that's yeah. what our members stood up with to support their union to do and support a fantastic MPs like John and Ian and the host of others that stood up alongside them. And that's why I'm proud. That's why I'm, every one of us can be proud. And that's why I know that that dispute will inspire workers across our nations yeah, to stand up and have that same fight wherever it needs to be had and inspire the next generation of workers to join their union, to recognise there's power in a union and collectively with confidence, we can not only fight, but we can win. Yeah. Oh, Steve, here, here to all of that, pal. It's uh, absolutely what is needed to be heard. And I think... We know that people are up against it currently. We know that the government are going to use COVID for an excuse and all the rest of it and Brexit. The fact is that you guys have managed to keep these jobs, get a better deal with all of this stuff going on. So it is is certainly possible. And it's it, of course, it's looking, like you said, into the future. What's that future vision? These people in these towns, they're not looking. We're often sort of, oh, well, that's the past and, and all the rest of it. And no alternative is given. That, of course, is what happened with the mines. We need to be there demanding that these places are the places which are the heart and soul of the future. Can I just ask you quickly, Stephen, we'll have to start wrapping up. I could honestly talk about this all evening. We know um, the NEU has been fighting very hard in the last couple of weeks. We did a podcast with them um, just last week and I saw something where Conservative MPs apparently in discussion were talking about how the NEU were basically the new National Union of Mine Workers and that had to be dealt with. What would your message be to people who are like our teachers, like our workforce, who are as soon as they start standing up for themselves, there are these powers that try and put put them down, who try and pull that rug from under their feet, turn the public against them. What would your message be to those, Steve? We are the ordinary men and women that not only build this nation, but teach our kids that provide the future that our people deserve in every walk of life, every job has value, every job deserves respect, and there will always be our enemies our enemies sitting across the chamber in Westminster, our enemies in the press, our yeah. enemies on the right across the globe that will want to undermine our ability to stand together and the confidence of ordinary working people and mm -hmm. what we can achieve, what we can achieve as a, as a society to improve society for all of us when mm -hmm. we stand together confident and proud. So it's no surprise to me that the Tories want to attack 
the NEU. The Tories have been ignoring the NEU for yep. the 10 months of this pandemic. Every time the NEU and other teaching unions, by the way, have raised the issues about the spread of COVID in an mm. educational setting, the UCU, in a college setting and at universities, they've been ignored, not just by Williamson. I mean, you might mm. as well talk to the curtains in this room than talk to bloody Gavin Williamson. <laughs> but that's the reality of it. You'd probably get a better response. <laughs> you would get, you'd get a more comprehensive response and you might get some, you know, some understanding of what it is that you're talking about because it's been a complete failure of government to talk to the unions in an education setting that's created the problem that we're in now. So I stand in absolute solidarity with them and they should be incredibly proud of what yeah. they're doing, uniting themselves with the parents and their yeah. communities around them. They can't do it on their own. It's uniting yeah. those kids and inspiring those kids who are gonna to go to work as well and join yeah. their union, but inspiring those parents and bringing them with them to make Absolutely. sure that it's a community saying that we've got to stand up and not just the teachers on their own. And that's a job for all of them. It was when Ian was talking about the miners' strike in the 80s. I remember joining my union, the Transport and General Workers Union it was then, as a London bus conductor. And a week later, I was engaged in the first industrial action of my life. I joined mm. the strike at 19 in support of our nurses. Support of our nurses. Yeah. It was mm. a solidarity strike in support of the NHS. Yeah. And how poignant is that today? Standing Definitely. up for our NHS workers and every other. Sob what the law says about it. It's when yeah. working people stand up together, recognising the important role that we play, whether we're teachers or nurses or carers or warehouse workers or bus drivers or anybody else, when we stand up and said enough, enough is enough. And we COVID and the NHS and our teaching profession, enough is enough. So stand proud. Definitely. Yep. Guys, I am going to give you... Yeah, I'm going to give you all a sum at a time, John, if that's all right. I'm going to, I'll come to you first. Final points, and I want a call for action. We need to make sure that people are listen, who are listening to this podcast, walking the dog, doing whatever, what are we asking them to do? John, I'll come to you first. Well, first of all, look after your dog. <laughs> secondly... No, my dog's uh, a nightmare. Secondly, I just want to say this. Whenever workers are in struggle, they're representing themselves, but they're also representing the community interest and the national interest. Think about the miners uh, who weren't striking for money. They were striking for the communities. Mm -hmm. uh, think about the teachers. They're not striking for themselves or taking action. They're doing it for the kids, the parents, the whole community, trying to prevent the transmission of the virus. Yeah. Think about Barn Oldswick. Here is a factory that helped to build the war effort against the Nazis which blooming Rolls-Royce were going to close just like that. One of the major national institutions in the fight in the Second World War and in all the subsequent de uh, development of our country ever since. This is in the national interest, the community interest, and it's time people listened to the unions, including members of our own party too. Yeah. We have to do that. Yeah. That is the central message of tonight. And finally, what a fabulous victory to celebrate after this miserable kind of year we've had with COVID. Oh, hear, hear. And that's a really good call for action, John. I'm going to pick up on, on your point. All Labour MPs should be supporting workers in struggle. Yeah, End I mean of story. So that's your call for action. Ian? Quickly, quickly, what's your message to sum well, up? Well, first of all, I'm a great believer in the closed shop, and the Tories got rid of the closed shop. But I would just say to everyone, when you're in a workplace, you should be a member of the trade union. Area. That, there should be no doubt 
Mm -hmm. You shouldn't ask what the trade union can do for me. You should be asking what you can do for the trade union and your fellow workers in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Whereas wages, terms and conditions, health and safety, or, or the social aspects of their lives. That's the issue. We've got to make sure that we get people into the trade union movement. You get that because of these small victories, of course. And we've got to learn from the past because ordinary working people never get anything unless they fight for it. They never keep the, the small victories unless they fight for it. They never progress any farther unless they fight for it. And the only way you can fight is by collective action, working together with each other, shoulder to shoulder. We should remember some of the trade union slogans on the banners. The past we inherit, the future we build. Mm -hmm. This was an exact example of what Steve's just been saying. The past we inherit, the future we build. Unity is strength. Yeah. When united we stand, divided we fall. Join a trade union. Stand shoulder to shoulder with everyone in the workplace. And, and that's the only way we'll defeat uh, the, the, the capitalist system, the rotten system, the rotten to the core. Join a union because we'll not win much in Parliament. I've got to tell you, the only way working yeah. people win is when they stick together industrially. The power is Definitely. Join yeah. oh, I tell you what, I ain't half looking forward to when we can all get together and go to the Durham Miners, Darling, right? and um, <laughs> and get back to business as, as usual. Stronger than ever. Ross, anything you want to say, please, as we've said, take our, our solidarity, our support and our absolute um, congratulations to, to everybody who's been involved. Anything you'd like to say, finally? Thank you, and obviously a personal thank you as well to you, Laura, because you've been really supportive in, in recent yeah, yeah. a lot of the... My you know, pleasure. Social media and everything that you've delivered has been fantastic. But for me, when I became a rep and you go on your trade union courses, your life changes because it's it's not too much of an exaggeration, but you learn about a history that you never knew existed. And the fact that people like you can change the world and people yeah. like you can make a genuine difference. And on Friday, when we got the results, I turned to one of the shop stewards smiled and he said to me that when he did his trade union education he learned about the history and he just said i now feel that i'm part of that history wow yeah. history in what we've done and i think it reiterates what steve said earlier on it's not just about joining a union it's about organizing educating yourself hmm. understanding what you need to do the workers at barn oldwick actually took strategically targeted action where certain people come out on certain days and everybody else collectively they have a strike fund that they put into to create minimum impact on our members and maximum impact on the employer so when we've had them decades and decades of attacks on trade unions making it more difficult to take strike action our members are now learning and they're learning from that history and they're changing how they can take action and what they've done in this dispute and they did exactly the same at Camelaids is find a way to have a massive impact on the employer and give themselves an unbelievable opportunity to make a huge difference. Here, here, here. And Steve, over to you. What's your call for action? Because this is just sadly it will be the start, no doubt, of a roller coaster of 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 
things that are going to come up uh, through the union. Uh, we are going to need to be showing our solidarity to many, many more workers. Um, what's your call? Uh, mine's very straightforward. There's power in a union. If you're, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in a union, join your union. Don't just join your union, though, as if someone's going to come over and ill and resolve your problem for you. Join your union because you own your union. Take mm -hmm. control of your union. Your union is built on you and your solidarity and the way in which you, you engage, you organise, you spread that confidence and you inspire others in your workplace and outside of work in your community. So it's not called a struggle because it's a walk in the park. It's a struggle because <laughs> it's hard work. Yeah. Right? But the history of our movement, of social progress, of rights for hu human rights, uh, 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 civil rights, uh, of rights through generations, the rights of vote, it's a history of struggle and it's mm. working class struggle that's yeah. led those rights. And it's trade unions that have been at the forefront of so many of them. So join your union, get active in your union, win, win the confidence of your colleagues and take the action you need to take. Amazing. I couldn't ask any more. I feel so proud to be with, with all of you this evening. Trade unionism has run through my family and my blood and it is part of me and uh, it's so great to hear. But even if it's something that seems so alien to you and, you know, it's not something you've been involved in, as Ross said, go and read the history of this. Go and read what people have done and where it's led us because we owe so, so much to the trade unions. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have all enjoyed it. Make sure my call for action that you follow No Holding Back on Twitter, on Facebook, that you sign up to us on the website and that you share and you get some of your friends to listen who haven't already listened. But most importantly, if there's one thing you do today, join a trade union, be active in your trade union. Thank you so much. Take Thank care. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. No Holding Back and Sovex Low Podcast Production. Mm -hmm.